Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dad podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. I am over the moon and overjoyed is the appropriate term. Today I have a burst of positive energy. Yesterday I had therapy and I, I didn't have a burst of energy. And today I am back with joy, smiling, warming my heart as the therapy clears and balances out. And it's absolutely freezing. It is, the, it is absurdly cold. And I, I have this feeling, this is kind of something that my grandmother would say, you know, older Jamaican woman, she's now passed away, but she had very strange references to when things like this happen. And she would probably blame it on some sort of evil that happened long, long time ago. And this is the payback. So whatever you did in your past, whatever you are about to do in your future, understand that the cold is because of your evil intentions. And I'm going to have to warm it up with my loving, kind self. Today, I'm joined by Marlon. Marlon, how are you? Also very cold. Very, very, very cold. It took a turn for the worse, didn't it? It's like unfair cold. It feels personal. sharp cold. Um you know pull yeah. out all the winter jackets cold and jumpers mm. yeah well do you no, have no, one got, do you have do you ha- i feel like you have a branded one you, you go to dubai and stay in sweets i feel like you have one of those branded ones that cost two two months mortgage do, do you have one do from burberry oh it's a nice, <laughs> but it's so really nice. warm it's really really warm marlon you're expensive we can't hang out anymore i can't afford <laughs> as i turn up in my zara it's an investment so, you know, if you think about it, it's going oh. to gonna, gonna last me about 15 winters and it's a hundred pound a winter. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell how much that was. So th- three months mortgage. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And today we're joined by Dr. Mo Akindoli. Have I said that correctly, by the way? I you have. You're, you're about it. excellent. It's excellent. Listen, I told you my... I'm going to say, assume it's Yoruba or something. Yes. Is that correct? Am I getting correct. that Correct. Again. I am. I am the... I am the master of the diaspora and I feel like after this, I should be mayor. And you're a consultant pediatrician at King's College Hospital with over 20 years of experience in the NHS. You're a keen advocate for equity, diversity and inclusion within healthcare, which as am I, very much so. You co-founded the uh, Akindoli Medical Scholarship in memory of her father. Oh, that's incredible. Dr. Frank Olufemi at Akindoli. This is a private funded bursary and leadership mentoring initiative aimed at supporting future doctors with a minority ethnic background. 
You hold a position in the senior leadership team at the Royal College of Pediatrics and Childcare and as a trustee of the Armitage Foundation. It's incredible. It's a charity which works to shape an NHS workforce that reflects the diversity of society. Normally, yeah, when I read people's bios, I read them, but you know, it's lots of empty accolades and you just kind of like read it to say, this is who it is. That really connected with me. That's an incredible, first and foremost, creating a, a foundation after your father, which we are a father platform, so we really care about that. But also trying to do something in a field which is urgent. I think, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion everywhere is incredibly important. But there's some areas where they have face-to-face, frontline interactions with people where it's urgent. We can't afford to not have diversity in the NHS, in the police office, in education. You know, those are the key areas. Housing, these are the key areas that we need to survive. And uh, it's not very diverse. Can you tell us just a little bit more about your work before we go into what we want to talk about? Yes, I would say, I think, along with everyone in the entire world, it's always been there. The scholarship programme we talked about has been going for seven years now. But that agency that you speak to, last year was such an awakening, wasn't it, for everybody. And I personally felt, okay, you know, you've been doing some of this work. Everybody needs to be, it's a collective response now. So that's where the focus has changed in terms of the equality, diversity and inclusion work in healthcare. Also, just specific to healthcare, I look back on uh, last year and what happened that we were also very obviously aware of how the intersection of race and healthcare outcomes, you know, by the time we're talking about this, people in your audience, it will resonate, people you know, between you, you will not be too far away from either being personally affected or having someone in your close circle who was affected. And the audience as well will have been personally impacted in some way. And to me, that just led to a deeper sense of urgency, because I'm thinking the consequences in healthcare, when you don't do well with your EDI agendas is people pay with their lives, people pay with their health. And the interventions that we're talking about are not always expensive drugs or high technology. It can be simple things like being awareness, allyship training, being kind, and that can save lives. So I think it really has taken on a new sense of urgency for me now. And to get that really disseminated throughout healthcare globally, it's time for, for rapid change. Mo, I need you to be my friend, okay? You seem the most nicest yeah. person in the world. Even that whole intro, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I want to help. How do I help? I help. <laughs> Sign you up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One thing that I'm very clear on, though, as I was doing your introduction, there are a lot of very big words, okay? And my my C-plus Hackney education, okay, really had to be tested in, in talking about, you know, and I feel like almost that this is this is part of the labor of, of doing this work, is being able to communicate particular things and themes that happen, because a lot of the formal language really disconnects from people. The other day we lost Marvin Morgan, who was a footballer and he he had a platform or he had a platform on a brand called Fresh Eagle Kid. Um incredible, like incredible black man, you know, the kind of black man that we all aspire to to be like. And he he passed away from uh, I want to call it a disease. I have to make sure that's even the correct term because you're on the call now. So there's a difference between the disease of infection, but I think it's a disease and I'd never heard of it before. I literally never even, and apparently it impacts one in 600 people. I think it was Camrova or Camarova or something similar to that. And I'd never heard of this before. And I was just like, somebody has to remember all of these, these things and know what these symptoms mean and what it ladders up to, to be able to treat it. 
can you just tell us what the training is? Because we would love to have a generation of doctors, preferably as warm as you are. But like, I assume it's a long journey and pretty difficult. Could you talk to that journey for us? Yes, certainly. It is a long journey, but there's much fun. There's challenges along the way, but also... I had a lot of fun in medical school. So for most places, you're looking at five or six years in medical school. And then once you start clinical work after that, you're determining which speciality that you want to choose. For me, the ch- it was always about the children. There, was, it wasn't, there wasn't any competition, pediatrics. As I always say, I quote Whitney Houston in my mind, I believe that children are our future, and they are. And so um, I'm not going to sing. Because you don't want to hear me singing, but... No, um, no, no, like just a little, just the yeah. intro and we'll, we'll back mm-hmm. up, we'll do a camera with you. <laughs> the children are our future. <laughs> Treat them well and let <laughs> them lead the way. Okay. <laughs> yes, we did it. <laughs> we could be a group yeah, here, forget my day job. <laughs> um, so then after medical school, five or six years, you are deciding on a speciality. Things have changed in the many years since... Since I, I graduated, but then you're determining a speciality, whether you want to work with children or adults, work with hearts or anything. And then you start working and then training in your speciality, but you're working uh, from then on. And then there's various grades that you pass through from a senior house officer to a registrar, and then you become a consultant and you keep learning. It's, it literally is one of those lifelong careers. You keep, you keep learning and that's embedded in part of the job. It, to me, it's the most fulfilling. I I wouldn't do anything differently. The confession is that I come from a Nigerian family where career options are medicine, law, engineering, or disgrace to the family. And and there's a lot, there's a lot of Dr. Akindolias. But I always say, even if I was born into a family of in the middle of nowhere, I still would be a pediatrician. I do feel it's it's incredibly fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. Can I, so can I ask what the difference is? Because I'm always passionate about how people are raised. I'm fascinated because there are there are literally millions of variables, and the way I understand it is there's probably in a day there's probably about fifty events that you could make a really lot of meaning of, and then you have. 365 days of the year and you probably do about 18 to 20 years in 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 the confines of your parents you know there's so much opportunity for error but also there's a lot of opportunity for joy what were some of the key things that were like landed to you and then what were some of the key things that shaped you to become a doctor I assume there's an element of a culture but also Mm. I think it sounds like you had a free will attached to it also Yes, there was free will. I mean I wasn't um I didn't choose the other way so I have to be honest and say I don't know what the parents would have said if it was like, I feel called to be an artist. I don't know what that outcome would have looked like. Um, and clearly you could have been. And clearly Whitney Houston had problems. Yeah, no <laughs> um, but I think from my parents, they really, they weren't just talking the talk. They, you could see it in action in their life. It's, it was in how generous they were, how they spoke about integrity and you could see it in their actions, you know, things that causes that they cared about. That's what they invested their time, money, donations and things like that too. So that was very visible. There was just an alignment with what the parents say and what they do. So that became for me, okay, you know, your word is your bond. When you say you stand by this, that is what you do. And and that for me mm-hmm. is what resonates from throughout my childhood. So uh, Barna does have a, uh, the UK largest children's charity is launched a support platform for parents and caregivers of young children 
with respiratory infections this winter. The helpline is called Bolo and web chat services will help families understand how best to manage cough, colds, flus, respiratory, which is in the chest area, infections and signposts to other services for support. This helpline, you know, why is it so important this winter specifically? So this winter specifically is very different from other winters, particularly for those of us working in paediatrics with children and young people. What we have seen is that the very successful lockdown measures that we had and everyone being really good with washing their hands, that was very successful. That did had its intended outcome um, at the beginning of the pandemic. One consequence of that, and I don't know if you've um, experienced it the same, that I myself, I'm blessed to have been healthy throughout this pandemic. And I hadn't until recently, I hadn't had a cold. I hadn't had a cold for about two years. And if I think back to previous winters, you know, you re- I'm regularly there with tissues and having a cold. And I don't know what your experiences have been. And essentially what we noticed was that the children that were born during that time, again, they were under those protected circumstances. So they weren't experiencing the usual coughs and colds, which anybody who spends time around babies and toddlers um, knows the amount of mucus and snot that's involved, particularly through the winter months. What that has um, resulted in is that their immune system, so which each cold that we get, it's it's impacting the immune system, your immune system has to fight to overcome it. um, And that steadily builds up the immune system. So because of all the lockdown that's been going on and hand washing, we have a group of particularly the under twos who haven't been exposed to the usual coughs and colds. And also parents, particularly the first time parents who haven't seen what their children look like when they start having any difficulties with their breathing or challenging. And then as we have all started mixing again, obviously some of those coughs and colds are coming back and that has impacted particularly the under twos quite significantly in terms of their immune system, which hasn't been exposed to anything now has been. And what that res- that's resulted in is that we've seen a really sharp rise in chest infections, coughs and colds, flu-like infections, and it- it's disproportionately affecting the, little- the younger ones. That, that's, that's incredible. So what's really interesting is my daughter, Ocean, she's three. And as you know, when the pandemic hit, I think she may have been just over one, so like one and two months. And so she has been inside quite significantly. And she's had this reoccurring cold for about two months, it just has never fully left. It's kind of like simmered. It's going to be manageable where she can go in and then straight away it peaks again. Even in the half term in October, it was just continuing through. And I was like, I was coming up with all these fantastical ideas that like maybe her immune system isn't as strong. Is something wrong with her? You go to these like extreme <laughs> concerns. Yeah. When in reality, she, you're right, she hasn't been exposed to the annual by, uh, or, or six month colds that kind of circulate throughout the, the country. And so this is her first ever real you know having it and so it's really wreaking havoc you know uh, Marlon what happens in in with your daughter I know I know obviously she's a bit older but she's like some sort of winter soldier like very (laughs) rarely get she'll get like a sneeze or cough or a headache and then she's fine two days later like she's she's not like she's not like me if something's going around I'll get it I'll get a cough. I'm out. <laughs> I got it's, asthma it's, as well. So, so I, 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 because I, I have this theory. Yeah. So, so, so Nina has literally 
never get never gets ill. She just never gets ill. And I don't know if it's because of her diet, but her immune system is yeah, out of yeah. this world compared to mine. When I get it, I get I feel like I got attacked. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm out. Same. And I'm like, no, 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 I could do this. I could do the Zoom call. And my yeah. neck is like, ah, ah. And then like Nina's just sitting there like, everything's fine. Have you got are you again? Are you again, Marvin? And I'm like, oh well, like, you know, I didn't plan and it. I, and I get different variations of this. So I get I get like one time it would be the aches, another time it'd be sinusitis, mm. another time it would be like really sleepy. Then it would just be regular COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just not. So, the, the, Dr. Mo, is it just that men are weaker or our diets are trash? What, what's happening? <laughs> just handing me the poison yeah, chalice like, of a question. I think man flu is a real thing and I'll stop there. No, no, no. no, no. Wow! No. Do- doctor! <laughs> I'm just stopping there. You're doing so well. I know I'm out no, no, no. and everything, but... Do you know where you are? <laughs> I do know where I am. <laughs> You know what's really funny, yeah, is that someone asked me that the other day, yeah, and I got I went deeply offensive. I went Ooh. I went into my like snowflake bag. I was like, "What do you mean, man flu? <laughs> snowflake like, I beg your pardon. Do you have flu? my feelings? Exactly. You don't know what I'm going through. It hurts. It hurts every winter. It hurts. <laughs> I inherently, I, I I would I would literally do a documentary about man flu. You know, because I'm not sure if I'm being gaslit. Or if it's genuinely authentic and I need to suck it up and start doing the work I need to do, even though I have a cold. Because I'm I'm sure when everyone has a cold, you just don't that's like your body saying, Stop, bruv. Mm. No? <laughs> like relax. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that bit. I think your body does give you a wake up call sometimes and you need to stop and listen. But on the food aspect of it, I think, you know, food can be your medicine and we can often underestimate how impactful a really good healthy diet can be in so many ways. You know, with that five a day, it's so interesting that every child I see from as young as three can tell me about five a day. That message got through loud and clear, but getting it through from quoting it to making it happen on the plate at breakfast, lunch and dinner is that's a different different thing yeah. but food, food again, is really important as well again i have to celebrate nina for enforcing this rule of a balanced plate every single time and they have to pick two vegetables the size of their fists to eat for every single meal regardless if there's sausages on the plate which is obviously processed she always has a, a carb and then a, a a vegetable on the side and they now they look forward to it like oh my vegetable today is going to be mini corns on the cob and i'm like oh, look at you privileged children <laughs> about mini corn on the cobs you know in my day it was just corn <laughs> or, or spinach that wilted spinach yeah yeah eat yeah, it. yeah. So I understand this is a culturally sensitive helpline. And so, you know, it, it, apparently it caters specifically to people from black and minority communities. What, what does that, do you know what that means? Or what does that actually mean in terms of culturally sensitive helpline? I do. I think, uh, we, you know, again, when we think of healthcare inequalities, when we're starting to address that, we have to be very specific with what interventions we're doing. And that's what this Bolo helpline with Bernardo's is it's specifically targeting black and minority ethnic children and families and providing specific resource that's targeted at that population as a means of addressing healthcare inequalities, which we all know exist in various guises that we've all seen, particularly over the past year. And what that entails is that the experts who are on the helpline, they're they're expert helpline supporters, they've been doing this for years, and they've received extra training with 
paediatrics. And that training has been from a a panel of paediatric specialists, doctors and nurses, people with special expertise in healthcare helpline have created the training for them. So they've had extra training to, to guide them with this. Between them, they speak over 11 languages and have access to even more. And it's really thinking of let's really widen the reach and get to the people who need our help. And, you know, we're incorporating all of those elements into how the helpline is delivered. It's a free helpline. And as well as the advice that they can give, there's there's signposting to supportive resources and other things that which families and, and the children may need. Is there an element, and I think maybe Marlon as well, is there an element of A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like a fear or apprehension of interacting with the NHS at times and providing insights and data about themselves. Like, you know, we've seen it in COVID, how people have felt about not necessarily the NHS specifically, but the idea of the institution, it being connected to other services, what that could actually mean for our families. You know, my mum was always like, don't you ever bring anyone knocking on my door, period. This is obviously like 1993 or something. But the idea that like bringing someone to knock on my door for any reason, uh, because we don't want anyone poking around our family, interfering with our peace and our way of living, is that a part of the the challenges that you face, Mom? Did you ever have that type of understanding in your family? Like, if you know, if a health professional or solicitor or so, social worker just knocks on your door, would would you be safe? <laughs> <laughs> social. My, my mom is a social worker. Oh, okay, cool. She'd be like, "Hey, yeah, she'd be like, oh, did he call you again? No, nope, there's nothing happening here." <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so we 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 sort of welcome welcome that that support always, um, because I was really poorly as a child, so I was always involved with the NHS clinicians and whatnot to to sort my asthma out. You know, I need need a new pump or go and do my peat flow or my asthma checks, and you know, my mum sort of taught me the language and and how to how to act to ensure you get the support the right support that that you need in even going to to A&E you know what I mean what you need to to say do 
uh, to make sure that you're sort of seen as quickly as possible so they understand how, how severe it is. Uh, you know, if you're heading into sort of asthma attack world or, you know, or you've got a really bad cold that's affecting your asthma, you know, you have to be think quite quickly and get help quite quickly in those situations. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they do. Um, doctors do. Do they still do house visits? They they I've, they came to me once or twice when I was younger. GPs, GPs do. Oh, GPs cool. are still doing house visits. Oh, yes. I haven't had that for ages. I haven't had that since I was like six. Going to look for it again because that was quite <laughs> useful. Didn't have to queue or wait. So, yeah, no, we've always welcomed that support with open arms um, in my house mm. anyway. And um, what kind of support can be accessed on this helpline? So I, I like to think of this helpline, you know, I think you'll all acknowledge, you're, you're both fathers, that it takes a community to raise children. It's, you know, it's a collective responsibility. And a lot of us through the way modern life is now frequently don't have access to that actual, all that community input. If we think of historically how people lived in, you know, multi-generational households where there was someone to help with childcare who had already raised their children, there's an uncle, there's an auntie, there's a grandmother, and they've got that collective wisdom that they've had from over years of what to do when children are ill and how to raise children. So I like to think of this Bernardo's Bolo helpline as your favourite grandma or auntie who's really wise and trusted and that's the friend that you can phone because a lot of people for various reasons may not have direct access to that but she's even the best grandma because she speaks over 11 languages she's been trained by top doctors and respiratory specialists and she can signpost you to all the resources that you need so the additional resources can be you know finances can be really tough for people at the moment and so where you know there's inquiry about that can be signposting to financial support or aid where that's needed the healthcare system um, Marlon like you've just described it can be really tough to negotiate sometimes I don't know if that was your experience it's you know some people even things which it seems it should be simple like registering with a GP finding where your health visitor is that can be really challenging and again the helpline supports can help with that, where families have that need. Also, one really important element that they can help with is what we've been increasingly aware of with the lockdown and everything becoming digital and being delivered on electronic media. There's this concept of digital poverty where, you know, obviously if you live in a household where there are five MacBook Pros and an iPad and a tablet for each child, and then there are households, and I know this from my experience working, where there are three children and one smartphone in the home. And imagine what doing homeschooling at the peak of lockdown what's the feasibility of that if that was your household with just one smartphone? So the digital poverty is a really real phenomenon and there are resources available. So again, the helpline can signpost where that is highlighted as an issue, signpost to there are supportive organisations that are helping people who don't have access to laptops and PCs that they need to engage in this digital world, which we, you know, this is how we're living from now on. It's not going back to how it was. So it's just looking at in a really holistic way, whether it's the housing and the environmental factors that's impacted on your child's health, because we know that happens a lot you know Marlon and you all know from cigarette smoke and other environmental factors as someone who had asthma as a child that can really impact on your physical health so it's taking a a whole life look at how can we help you what's the acute issue what's the you know priority issue with your child and what else actually what does the rest of your life look like how else can we help you and make this life easier what's the value in going to this platform 
rather than going to NHS 111, going to a GP, going to an A&E? Why would you use this specifically over those places? Because I, I suppose, is there a default people would just want to go to a GP anyway? Or how, what, what's, what does this do that, you know, maybe that doesn't? So I think ultimately, you know, parents who are sitting at home with their child know their child best. When there is something that looks like an emergency with your child, you know you have to pick up that child and get them to an emergency department. What we do know is that the strict system has reached capacity. You know, I work in a, a big teaching hospital in, in London. I work between the emergency department and on the wards. I've seen firsthand our emergency department. We've, we've never seen numbers like this in terms of people that are coming every day. I have good friends who are GPs. Um, our local GPs are telling us their appointments are full to overflowing. Um, so every Everyone's working at capacity. And what Bernardo's with the Bolo helpline is doing is looking at actually what offer can we have to at this particular time, this winter is a particular peak activity time. What offer can we have to relieve some of the pressure that's there within the system? How can we take some of the strain off the system to provide another alternative for families and parents who have concern? And hopefully, you know, if they do need to feed into the system, there's connections with 111. So again, the helpline workers can support whoever's made the call if they do need to go to 111 to support them with that. If there's language support needed, they can help them through that 111 journey. So it's something to complement everything else that exists in the system, which is 111, um, you know, GP surgeries and the hospitals with a real deep intention to relieve the strain that we know is there on the system. Is there like a, 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 a phased approach? If you were to say as a parent, as a journey, you make an observation that, you know, maybe their nose is running. Maybe then you realise that their cough is a bit heavier. Maybe, you know, they're heating up. Is there like a progressive journey of concerning symptoms or is it just like symptoms are symptoms and they all could indicate an outcome? Because the, what's the difference between cold, flu, coronavirus? No one really knows from an untrained eye. Is there indicators as to what mm. the big differences are in the three? Yes, there are. And and there's a lot of resources that are out there to help families. So there is um, a Bolo website with Bernardo's as well. And on the website, there's a lot of really useful information. And there's a traffic light system in particular, the signposting to traffic light system, which is red, amber and green that kind of talks you through symptoms. And, you know, the red, are that if your child or your baby's having any of these symptoms, and signposting directly to what you do. So there is the website that's there as well. And on the website, there's also videos because as we said, some parents are, you know, if it's their first baby and their baby's been born during this lockdown period, they've never seen what the baby looks like when the baby's struggling with breathing. And so there's links to videos that show all the various signs of when babies are struggling with, with breathing and with their feeding and specific advice according to this traffic light system of what you should be doing if the baby's demonstrating or the child is demonstrating specific symptoms yeah uh, do, do you have a view maybe you, you can't have a view but do you have a view on some of the um, home remedies that are within our community I, I vividly remember there being a white rum heated up with lime <laughs> presented to me <laughs> growing up do, do you have a view on on those things and the, and the value of them or the challenges with them I think the most important thing is that, you know, we have to be evidence-based with what we what we do. And so clinically, in terms of if I think of the medicines that I'm prescribing, interventions that I'm recommending, that there, there needs to be research back up to that. But I would counter that with 
don't knock the traditional remedies because a lot of our pharmaceuticals now, if you go back to the origins, the origins are there. And, you know, when we get all the research to back it up, I, I firmly believe that there'll be a lot of, you know, it'll make sense, so to speak, there'll be a lot of truth in terms of, I'm not sure about the rum for children, I don't think I can advocate that. But I, I do think that there, there more research does need to be done looking at a lot of traditional remedies, because they, they've, a lot of them have sustained for years, haven't they? And um, many generations. So but but we do have to go with the evidence research based recommendations. I, th- I think what's interesting is that uh, you know e- even in that uh, even simpler obviously white rum is a is a is a unique example but many people do genuinely believe in it um, and do it but even things like just ginger honey lemon grounded into with hot water and drinking that to really cleanse your system that can do a significant amount of things you know I I think I looked into what cowpaw is and cowpaw is basically a p- liquid paracetamol is is that the That's best right. way to, yeah and so you know obviously it tastes. I'm going to say delicious. We shouldn't say medicine tastes delicious, but it's very it's sweet, it's sweetened. <laughs> um, but so is, is there, you know, is, is there apart from the paracetamol, is there an alternative to it? Is it just, you know, these are the kind of questions that I think most parents who do not want to put prepackaged things into their children's body are just looking for what is the like base natural ingredients that would do some, if not most of the things that some of these other products would do. And I don't want to highlight Calpol because there's about seven variants of them. But like in general, are there some key variants that you can do that you are aware of? Or, you know, would you always just say the the, the product base is better? I think generally it does come down to what you can recommend based on research and that has been, you know, that is safe. Again, we balance that we were talking about diets and having a healthy diet. I think, you know, ultimately you you can't underestimate the power of a healthy basic diet with the vitamins and all the nutritions and getting your fruits and vegetables and the fiber. You can't underestimate that as a, an incredible basis for having a healthy life. And so I think a focus on, on that with taking, you know, medicines as and when advised or when your child needs it as well. So they complement each other. Amazing. I would love to hear more about your dad and more, just more about him really and how you honoured him because I think that's incredible and beautiful. Uh, and it'd be great for our audience to understand a little bit more about amazing black fathers. Thank you so much. Yeah, he 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 was a dope black black dad, but he passed away before we knew dope black dads were a thing. And he's in, he was incredible. So my my dad was born, born in Nigeria and then wanted to do medicine, educated primarily in Nigeria, and then went to Germany for a summer before university and decided he liked it, learned German over the summer, applied for medical school in Germany, got into medical school in Germany and went to medical school in Germany, which I mean, and that just blows my mind. So he did his his medical training in Germany and then went back to Nigeria. He was an obstetrician and gynecologist by specialist and um, built a a hospital. we're very, we're Ooh, very sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's um, delivery, uh, specializing delivery of babies um, ah. and fe- female health, shall we say, gynecology, fe- female health. And and that was his specialty. And he built a hospital and um, he sadly passed away. It's going to be 10 years next summer that he passed away. And, you know, anybody that's had a personal grief knows it impacts us in 
so many different ways and you go through all the stages of shock, disbelief. And I think for me and my siblings, it really helped our grieving, actually thinking of a way to honour our father, to let his legacy live on to, you know, something that speaks to what he was about. And it's been one of the deepest privileges of my life. We've had over the seven years, we've, we've supported about I think it's about 55 medical students now, and it's some financial support with their tuition, as well as a really important mentoring and leadership support and training. And they're remarkable. They are like, you know, these students are starting charitable organizations as students. They are game changers already before they've even had their medical degrees. You know, one one of our students is uh, Malone, who you may have heard of, who created a handbook of black, uh, black and brown skin because he realized that oh, there wasn't diverse representations. Oh, yeah, 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 so they're yeah, already they're epic and week, doing yeah. amazing things. So it's just such an honor to work with these students because, you know, I know they will all surpass what I have done in medicine. A lot of them are already more credible and, you know, without their medical degrees than I am. And it's such a joy to just watch them rise and see what amazing things that, that they achieve and to be part of that journey with them. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I really much appreciate it. And I think the story has really landed with me on multiple levels, to be honest, from a practical level, because, you know, respiratory health is a, is a real thing. And every time my children are ill, I just want more and more resources. And the cultural layer of it is very vitally important because I think often there's an insensitivity or sometimes dealing with some elements of the NHS and some of the uh, areas of health and well-being. So it's really nice just to have something that's been considered by actually by us. And so we know that a sick child makes a parent or, or you know, a caregiver anxious. Particularly mm. so if it's a first-time parent or someone who's looking for very young children. And the Barlow Helpline will provide free, confidential, non-medical advice in multiple languages to support people caring for children who are suffering from respiratory infections and are of the Black and Asian uh, and minority ethnic backgrounds. And also those who have experienced significant health challenges or live in deprived areas, because that's an area that also people really misunderstand is that when there are, isn't much, you know, financial freedoms in the house, it then means there's a lot of, you know, health cut, cuts, shortcuts being made. And you yes. may not have, you know, fresh food and you may not have, you know, some of the luxuries that we have in other areas. So the more advice you have, the better. So we know that in addition to the support with respiratory illnesses, the service also provides therapeutic support. And with a live web chat facility as a lifeline to communities dealing with issues such as isolation, stress, sickness and bereavement on top of the existing challenges such as poverty, overcrowd, housing and physical and mental health problems. So, you know, you can, the Bolo Helpline can be contacted on 0800 151 or by visiting helpline.barnabas.org.uk. So definitely please check that out. Uh, we Hopefully everyone can try and stay healthy and safe. This winter, we know there's an increased chance of challenges with the mixture of COVID and, you know, two winters of, you know, being in isolation and that a large part of our children population haven't been uh, immune to some of the respiratory illnesses that have come up. So, Mo, thank you so much for being here. You've, joined, you've warmed thank my day you. in a massive way. So really, really appreciate meeting you. And now we're friends. So I'm just going to like hang out with you or something at some point. We Fantastic. Sign me up. Sign me up for Amazing. that. I just want to take a moment to honor you too, as well as the dope black dads. You're doing an absolutely amazing thing. I was saying earlier that Oprah has been bumped from the top of my podcast list now and the dope black dads. 
of my favorite <laughs> podcasts. I'm working through the whole backlog, but it really, oh, it, wow. you're just having such incredible conversations. You're making, I don't know if you can track the impacts or track the difference that you're making, but just having these challenging conversations and enabling people to start talking about them, it, that's such a powerful thing. It's so important. So I applaud and honor you as well. Thank you so much. Marlon, thank you. It's always good to see you, man. Mo, thank you so much for, for joining us. And I'll thank you. you hopefully soon over dinner. <laughs> thank you. And so thank you guys for listening. I really much appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, you can find us at, uh, at Dope Black Dads on all social media platforms. You can also email me for a chat at hello at dopeblackdads.com. Thank you so much for listening, my brothers. I appreciate you all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.